this flyover clip. Are you, and I got to ask you, it's on camera and you can either, you know, uh, deny or, or confirm. Are you any relation to Helen Clark? No. Uh, Helen Clark is a member of the World Economic Forum. Yeah, I who, a clip of her on a play, but I also I didn't want to do any disparaging if it was this is a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, She's fun to imitate, though. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's play this time. Helen Clark clip, and I want to get, get your okay. comment on this, because we have to be aware of what the World Health Organization is doing mm-hmm. and their ability, if, if this continues to proceed, to say at any time, hey, the next whatever it is, uh, it, it might be the obesity pandemic in America, that they are moving in. So let's let's check her out. We have to believe that it's possible to stop a localised outbreak becoming a raging global pandemic. And that means better surveillance, more transparency, frankly, by all member states. If they think something's happened, it's got to to be reported. And the WHO needs the power to be on the site with whatever teams need to be deployed. It needs to be able to publish the information it has rather than beg countries for permission to do it. It's got to be able to take a precautionary approach in running up a flag. And it's got to be able to declare an emergency without being kneecapped by an emergency committee. These are basic things that need to be dealt with in in a review of the international health regulations. Otherwise, we will lose weeks again next time something happens. For losing your sovereignty for all countries, she's a. I mean, this is their this is their plan. They call it the Great Reset. And for anybody, um, what was the number they text in to get the notes? Four zero five zero nine. The word Four zero five zero nine. If you add that up, folks, what does that equal? I don't know. But if you text it in, <laughs> you get the notes. Uh, it's just I, I encourage people to just look at this information themselves because it's mind boggling. I think it's really important to you know something that David's talked about. A lot of times, the more that government gets involved, the worse the situation becomes. Oh, yeah. You know, the more that and you said it earlier that, you know, bigger, the bigger companies, the more problems. Oh, my gosh. And so I think it's really to be aware of what they're trying to do. What she was talking about is a one world government. You're, you are correct. This is what they want to do. And President Trump was uh, I, this is how I look at this. President Trump was really the first big American figure to go to the World Economic Forum and say, we're not going to follow mm-hmm. your one <sighs> world government agenda. And uh, I actually had the opportunity to- He goes there and throw shade. Well, I, I had an opportunity to uh, uh, you know, spend time with President Trump, and I can tell you he loves our country, mm-hmm. and he has a desire to, to learn how to do it, and he's unapologetic about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's actually um, nicer in person than I thought he would be. I thought that he was nice, um, and I had a chance to go to a couple events where I had a press pass, so I was able to be like from here to – I was like five feet away from President Trump on wow. three different, multiple occasions where I was covering the event. Um, and so – but being around the man, he really does love our country. Yeah. And I think he's some, he's like a America's fatherly entrepreneur uh, leader who is not infallible. He's not – perfect, but he really does want to save America. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something that's powerful about that in his talk that he delivered in Klaus Schwab's uh, home court Yeah, at Davos, at the World Economic Forum, is truly epic. You know, I think, you know, he's, he's a father, he's a grandfather, and being grandparents ourselves, you know, you'd never want to leave something to your grandchildren that's much worse than what you had. Yeah. And if you have the opportunity to save it and do whatever it takes, and it's kind of like, you know, God's commission to you, like you knew ahead of time prophetically, he was saying 
this is who you are. This is you're in this word that was given, you know, so many years ago, as well as not allowing you to sleep at night. I think as grandparents, and I think probably he's experiencing the same thing. It's like, I mean, we have grandchildren and we'll do whatever it takes to make sure that they are free. Everything that we can do to help to save this country. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal, you know the, you know the thing. We will shut you down, we will cite you, and if we need to, we will arrest you, and we will take you to jail. Period. I wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights when we did this. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. God actually spoke to me. He spoke about sacredness. He said to me, Kim, what I place in many, many people is sacred. And if anybody touches what is sacred to me, then it is the end for them. So what I've done in the United States of America is sacred. And there are people on every side that are trying to destroy what I deem sacred. And it's not going to happen. This is the definition of criminal conspiracy, racketeering, and collusion. This is not a theory. This is evidence. Because I have upheld this country to spread a light to the rest of the world. When you choose to go against the sacred thing that God put into the very heart and the soil of this nation, this was sacred to God. This reawakened tour is literally what it means. It has reawakened the American heart. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.